friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be with you here today. We got a great show in store for you. But before we get started, I just wanted to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Crew. It probably goes without saying, but here, I'm going to say it anyway. Reading the Bible is really important to me. I've been doing the Bible in a year during 2021, and I just love it. But imagine for a second that you couldn't get a Bible, like you couldn't afford one, or you couldn't just hop on Amazon and have one sent to your house. Take it one step further and imagine you aren't even allowed to have one. Honestly, sometimes we forget there are so many people all around the world who simply can't get a Bible. And that's why I am thrilled to partner with Crew. Crew is one of the largest evangelical organizations in the the world with over 25,000 missionaries in almost every country. Crew is giving Bibles to people in their own heart language and sharing the hope of Jesus all around the globe. But here's where they need our help. For only $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. And when you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $21, as a thank you, Crew will provide meals to five hungry families through their humanitarian aid ministry. And you get a free copy of my book. That sounds fun. Simply text FUN to 71326 to help today. Imagine just how much this gift could change someone's life. So text FUN to 71326. That's F-U-N to 71326 to help now. Or visit give.crew.org slash FUN. And one more exciting thing before we dive into today's conversation. I told everybody on Thursday that we are taking the podcast back out on the road. That's right, you guys. That Sounds Fun podcast tour is going coast to coast this fall with stops in Florida, New Jersey, Louisiana, California, just to name a few. We're going up the East Coast. We're going down the West Coast. You guys, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so fun. It'll be the same fun, a live podcast recording, laughter, and yes, of course, Mike Goodwin, the comedian, is back with us. I wouldn't tour without him, but we're in new cities with new guests in every city, and if you're listening to this episode on the day it releases on Monday, then it's your lucky day because pre-sale tickets are available today just to you guys listening when you use the code FRIEND at AnnieFDowns.com slash events. Just enter the code FRIEND to purchase your tickets today at AnnieFDowns.com slash events. I cannot wait to see you at one or more of these shows. You guys, it's going to be so fun. Come hang with us. Today on the show, I get to talk with my friend Dallas Jenkins. Y'all have been begging for me to have Dallas on the show. He is the creator of The Chosen, the largest crowdfunded media project of all time, a multi-season series about the life of Christ. I know it's so well done and y'all are loving it. Dallas started his career as a producer at age 25 and in the 20 years since then, he's directed and produced over a dozen feature and short films for companies like Universal and Lionsgate, Pure Flix, Hallmark Channel, and Amazon. Y'all, I'm so excited to share this chat with you. I'm such a fan of Dallas. So here's my conversation with our friend, creator of The Chosen, Dallas Jenkins. All right, let's jump in. Dallas, I feel real honored that you're here on the podcast. Thank you for making time for this. Oh, this is this is a tremendous honor, and I have friends and family members for whom being on your podcast is the number one thing that the chosen has accomplished in the last in the last two and a half years. They're excited about other things, but Annie Downs, this is this well, is all about it. So yeah, you and I met on stage. You and I met on stage at the Caleb Awards because you presented us with the award, and yes. and uh, I was like, great to get this award, but this is an opportunity to quickly get. <laughs> 
30 seconds of Annie Downs is the time to say, well, while I've got you, I'm supposed to come on your podcast. And you were very I love gracious. It. So I'm glad it was to be so, here. I mean, that is the best thing about those award shows is like you make new friends, you see your friends, you cross people on stage and are like, let's hang out. Okay, let's hang out. <laughs> I loved it. Was that your first time at the K-Loves? Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I mean, I'm a, I'm not a musician, you know, so I've, I've never been to those things. And when I, when we got the invite, uh, it was honestly like, Oh, let's see if we can make time for it. it. I didn't know. I mean, you know, most, most award shows that aren't the big famous ones are usually, I've done a few that are not great. And yeah. this one, I was blown away. It was yeah. truly something. So it was, it was fun to be part of. It is. I've told people repeatedly that the, one of my favorite things to watch was during commercial breaks, Everyone was running to take pictures with you and Jesus, like the like the people, all the nominated <laughs> people. Y'all were the ones that everyone wanted to be with. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, that that was fun. But I'm I, honestly that weekend and being there for the Caleb Awards was the first indication that I've gotten of where the show was starting to go, mm. um, because I've been a bit in a bit of a bubble. I've been so focused on making the show and getting season two done. And being at the Caleb Awards and meeting fans for the first time, because again, when you do um, a show, like especially a TV show, you're never with an audience. Right. Like you're, people, everyone watches it individually. And so we were seeing cool things on our social media and whatnot, um, but we weren't getting the kind of in-person feedback that a movie might get or that a stand-up comic might get or a musician might get. Right. Combine that with COVID, where there were no you know, in-person type events. The Caleb Awards was was probably one of the first events of that size in the country. Right. Um, and for us to be get a chance to be there and then to get the reception uh, that that we got um, was was very eye-opening but humbling at the same time. So it was, it was a really cool thing to be part of. It is amazing. Um, there are so many people I know who aren't Christians that watch The Chosen. Yeah. Why? Why yeah. is that? Why are people watching it that don't believe everything we believe? Well, I think it's the same reason why most of our cast and crew aren't aren't necessarily believers, um, or at least weren't when they started doing the show. Yeah. I think that it's one of those weird things that it's a it's a Jesus show, and we hear this all the time. It doesn't feel preachy. It doesn't right. feel it doesn't feel like a like a Christian show, which is so funny because the word Christian comes from Christ, and it's a show about Christ, and Jesus actually preaches in the show, right. and there's Bible stuff in the show. I mean, it's the most on-the-nose Christian project ever because it's about Jesus. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we, when we're writing it, and I hope this comes across the right way, when we're writing the show and, and making the show, we're not ever thinking of it like, okay, we need to make a show that's going to uh, change people's lives for Jesus. Mm. Um, we are... It's so hard to make a good TV show yeah. that all we're focused on when we're making it is how do we make the best possible show? Um, how, do, how do we make a show that I would want to watch if I was at home with my wife binge watching TV shows, which we love to do? Yeah. And that's where the show was actually birthed was at the time I was doing a short film for my church about the birth of Christ. I was also binge watching all my favorite shows and all these yeah. great shows from from the last 10 years. We're actually in a golden age of um, quality television. Now yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean it's appropriate all the time, but my wife and I were binge watching shows all the time. And I'm like, how come there's never been a multi-season show about Jesus? Like think of all the stories we can explore and develop and all the backstories and all the character development that we can do that I've never seen before in a Jesus project. And I think because the show isn't influenced by previous Jesus projects, and I don't, and, and I'm not insulting any of them. A lot sure. of them are, are fantastic, but it's influenced by some of the great TV shows that I've watched myself and getting really excited about. 
that's been our primary focus when we're making it. Now, yeah. as a believer and as, you know, I have a larger mission in my life. And of course, I'm glad that my career and my project is pointing people to Jesus. But when I'm making it, I'm trying to just do something that's really difficult, which is make a good TV show. So I think, I know this is a really long answer to your no, question, great. but I think th what appealed to the actors who came on board and to the, my non-believing friends and people that we've heard from is it feels like a normal show. Yeah. And the Jesus stuff is just an, an inherent organic part of that, but it doesn't feel like we're trying to kind of do an end around to teach you some lesson. We're just showing what Jesus said and showing what Jesus did and giving you a lot of human elements to it as well, from the disciples to everybody else. And it just, I don't know, it was influenced by like Friday Night Lights, which is like yes. one of my favorite TV shows of all time, um, more than it was influenced by, you know, a, a church video I saw when I was growing up, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Why did it not matter to you that the whole crew and cast be believers? Why were, Why was it cool that you didn't have everybody believe in the same thing? Well, because I think a couple of reasons. I mean, the same reason it wouldn't necessarily matter to me if my if, if the architect for my house was a believer mm -hmm. or not. Um, I, I would I just really would want to make sure I had the best house, yeah. uh, structurally sound house. Um, if I was getting surgery, I wouldn't necessarily before this, I went in for surgery, right. say, now, do you believe Jesus is the son of God? And yeah, the Savior? right, and right, right. I would be like, did you take, you know, eight years of, of, <laughs> uh, of classes and are you, do you have your PhD? And so when we're casting for a television show, the first and foremost thing that we want to know is, are, are you a good actor and do you, or can you portray this part really well? Mm -hmm. um, that's not to say that Christians can't be great actors. And there are several uh, b believers who are actors in the show, for sure. And I think there are some moments that it would be hard for me to imagine someone pulling off if they weren't a believer. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I, didn't, I don't really think about that. I mean, Jonathan Rumi is a very strong born-again Catholic. Um, and and, and, and it, that may or may not be part of what makes him so great in the role. I don't know. Yeah. But I just... Uh, I just don't, I, I, that's not my number one priority for the purposes of the show. Now, relationally speaking, of course, I care about my friends and I want them to to know and love the same Jesus that I do. Yeah. Uh, but also, that's another opportunity for the show. I mean, there, all these actors and crew members are going to do projects throughout their career. And if they can, if one of those projects can be a show about Jesus, and if they can learn more about Jesus and the Bible by doing the show, uh, that's a great opportunity. And you know, I don't, I don't require anything of them. I'm not casting them saying, all right, now by season three, I'm going to turn them into a Bible believing Christian. Right. Um, that's not part of the the contract or anything yeah. like that. Um, but it, but it is a cool opportunity for them to, to work on a project like this. They love it. It's an opportunity to work with someone like myself, who I hope because of my faith is going to uh, have their best interests at heart and treat them maybe differently than they might be treated to treated by people who don't have their best interests at heart. Yeah. Uh, but I see it as an opportunity, not as a something we have to overcome yeah. meaning the fact that they're not believers. I think it's a great opportunity. What's the main difference between season one and season two? Oh, that's a great question. I've never been asked that before. That's why your podcast is the way it is. My um, dad loves when people well, say that's a great question. It like makes my dad so happy. <laughs> oh, oh, no, as it should. Um, I think season two is, it has more scope for sure. I mean, the, the, the set, we we filmed half the season on this set in Utah that is like unbelievable. Oh um, yeah, I've it, seen it, it on it your was, Instagram. It's a, it's I mean, a, it's just like incredible. The yeah, it's, our, yeah, land, just so much land. Yeah. Well, and have you ever been to Israel? Yes. 
Okay, so one of the things that I'm guessing you felt when you were in Israel as a believer, especially, is there, there was probably some great moments because people tend to have great moments there, and I did too. But there's also sometimes some disappointment because you're like, I want to, I want it to look and feel like what it looked and felt like when totally. Jesus was here. But there's, <laughs> it's like a big tourist destination yeah, now, yeah. and most of the great spots that you could go to have been have churches built on top yeah, of them. That's right. And so it's hard to find some moments like what you can find when you go to, for example, like the Garden of Gethsemane, which is still does have that feel to it. Yeah. Um, and there's certain spots where you can go. Well, when I, when we went to this set in in Utah, um, this kind of recreation of of Jerusalem, I almost felt like it was more like first century where Jesus, what it would have, would have looked like wow. than I did when I was in Israel, at least in wow. some spots. So it was really powerful to do that. So that that's one piece of it. But our approach to every season is going to be the same. We're still just trying to be honest and intimate and human and raw and real. We're not trying to necessarily make a big epic show. We're not trying to have all these Hollywood bells and whistles that traditionally you would see, partially because we don't have you know $10 million an episode, but also just because... <laughs> That's the story we're trying to tell. Like even our yeah. quote unquote biggest moments are ultimately about the intimacy that Jesus pursued with each person that he encountered. Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, it's not different. But in season one, it was about kind of the the, the initial calling of of these of our main characters, like Simon and Matthew and Mary Magdalene and whatnot. Uh, season two is all right. Now that we're following Jesus, this is going to be really fun and exciting, and we're following the Messiah. Isn't that great? And season two is like not really. Yeah. It's not at all what you expect it to be. And right. uh, so we, if a lot of the, a lot of the season two episodes are, what does it look like now that we've made the decision to follow and what happens when our expectations are crumbled? You know, mm. uh, that's really, uh, Le Levi Lesko um, was actually a guest on our, one of our live streams. Yeah. And he had this great quote about how, I think it was Chesterton maybe, or uh, um, Bonhoeffer, I don't remember, some great Christian leader who said, uh, church is where your dreams go to die. Mm. And that's a good thing. Mm. And um, I think that's where, that's what some of this was. They, our, our heroes, our disciples had all these great like plans for what following the Messiah would look like. We're like, we're going to overthrow the Romans and, right. and we're, all our dreams are going to come true and things are going to be better now. And, and he's like, no, I don't actually promise any of that. I'm, mm. I, I just want your heart. And so that's what season two is about. How are you different? now when you're at the end of season two than you were when you started this thing? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm what my wife calls the man. I'm on what my wife calls the manna program. Uh -huh. in, in the Old Testament, the Israelites every day would come out for their daily manna and God would provide this, you know, daily yeah. bread for them. That's where actually the, the phrase and the famous prayer comes from, you know, give us this day our daily yeah. bread. Well, in the Old Testament, um, God had the Israelites every morning go out and he would have manna on the ground for them. And he said, don't store up any of it because if you do, I'm going to make it rot. He didn't want them to to kind of store up all this extra that they could just rely on when they needed to. He wanted them every day, hands outstretched for their daily manna. And that's something that's really hard for me to do. I'm someone who you know, has read all the business books and, yeah. and believes in, you know, kind of what's your five-year plan and where are you going to be in five years? And, and, uh, boy, it'd be good to have, you know, season three and season four locked up so I can start to get comfortable and just relaxed and just focused. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I no longer, um, am on that program. Now I'm on just the, all right, God, each day, like, wow. what have you got for me? I want to be where you, where you have me. And, um, and, 
and then we're all, what my wife also calls, my wife is really, really smart yeah. and, uh, and intuitive to what God has for her. So she, she comes up with all these uh, lessons that I have to constantly learn. <laughs> and the other one is, you know, Red, Red Sea moment, you mm. know, um, which is when, when the Israelites were at the edge of the Red Sea and uh, the Egyptians were coming up and uh, intending to, to capture and kill them. And the only way out was for the, if, for, was through the Red Sea yeah. and, and God parted the waters. Well, that moment where you're stuck going, I, I don't, I, there's only one, one way out and, and it's through this ocean that I can't cross. Being comfortable in that moment because God continues to part the waters for you mm. is what the story of the chosen is. Wow. Every single like week, there's something where we just go, huh, this is another chosen Red Sea moment. Uh, wow. I guess we just have to be comfortable in this spot. And for f over 40 years of my life, I was not comfortable with this spot. For over 40 years of my life, I felt responsible for the results of things. I felt responsible to try to part waters. Mm -hmm. I felt responsible to store up bread to be comfortable. And I'm just getting in that place of like, all right, none of my usual business tricks uh, or re lessons that I've learned are going to apply in, uh, in this case. And I'm learning to, to really surrender and trust and be broken and not care about results and not care about success. Uh, and my, my definition of success has changed. Uh, and so, I mean, I, I, we, we could spend a whole other podcast on all the lessons Dallas has learned from yeah. The Chosen, um, but it's it's all about, uh, they're, they're all come back to the same thing. Less of me, more of him, um, you know, brokenness, surrender, humility, all of that stuff. Right. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about another one of our incredible partners, Pros. Pros is the world's most personalized hair care. They combine natural ingredients in innovative ways, giving you clean hair care and impeccable results. Those ingredients are the reason Pros formulas offer new answers to individual hair needs, not the same old mass solutions. I use a personalized formula of both shampoo and conditioner from Pros. Y'all talk about my hair a lot on Instagram and I appreciate it, but it's because Pros has been absolutely amazing for my hair, making it so shiny and smooth. It smells delicious. You don't even know that through Instagram, but it does. And it feels great on top of making it so full and so strong. It's like a spa treatment for your hair. The way Pros comes up with a formula that's right for you is through a brief online quiz you take. It's super simple to fill out, answering questions about the climate where I live, my eating habits, how damaged my hair was, etc. But by analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concern. I love that they're always looking to provide quality and further personalization with their review and refine feature. It lets you tweak formulas for any reason, like if you have a change of address, you get your hair colored, or if your diet changes. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty, and all their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. How cool is that? And they stand by their products. So if you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've had, they'll take their products back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. So take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash that sounds fun. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash that sounds fun for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off, which is awesome. So pros.com slash that sounds fun. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz and you should be next. Go try it out. Now back to our conversation with Dallas Jenkins. I 
I mean, that is so profound to me in the seat I'm sitting in and stuff going on in my life of how much God keeps saying to me, I'll give you enough today. I'll give you what you yeah. need for today. So for all of our friends listening, Dallas, by like 3 p.m., when you feel like you've run out of what God has for you today, what do you do? How do I mean, because because it's one thing for me to get up in the morning and to have my like time in the Bible and I read, and the, yes, I feel today I can do today. And then I get to now, I get to three o'clock and I'm like, I'm out, I'm, I'm run out. What do you do? Does that happen to you too? What do you do? Well, I think, you know, in my case, and this doesn't apply to everybody, of course, but I'm a husband and I'm a father. And, you know, just two and a half weeks ago, we moved to Texas. And so as I talk to you now, I'm sitting in a kind of a, a, a hastily assembled mini <laughs> studio in, in, a, in, a, in a house that's on a Salvation Army campgrounds, wow. which is where we're curr- currently building um, sets for season three and beyond. And oh my, um, my my house, the rental house that we're in um, is, you know, my, my kids are all there and it's all packed and, and it's small. And so I have to kind of get away to, to oh just, you know, to do this conversation with you. So, and my, my two youngest are going to be going to a brand new school uh, in here in a couple of weeks. And um, where did y'all move from? Co- from Illinois. Okay. Okay. And wow. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, by the time 3 p.m. comes around, yeah, I may be, I may be filled up, but I've also then got to deal with Texas heat, which, uh, you know, <laughs> that, that in of itself is its own, just, is its own, uh, yeah, yeah, its own Red Sea moment. Uh, so uh, I believe that if you really do have your hands outstretched and you say, look, all right, there's, there's certain things that I do am responsible for. I mean, it's, it's not like God says, uh, you know, I, I'm going to do everything. I mean, he still de- demands quite a bit of us, um, and we still do our part. And 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 you, Annie, I mean, you have a have a podcast and a business, and you have employees, and so there's plenty for you to do uh, to keep that going. But there's that 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 piece that where, where the God part really does come in, where you go, all right, I don't know where this is going to go in a couple of weeks. I don't know where this is going to go in a year. Um, I, none none of my plans necessarily or my goals are necessarily being realized in the way that I thought they were going to be in. That's the trust part, but I, I still think there's plenty, plenty for us to to do if we're looking for opportunities to serve or to yeah. to give or to lead or to serve or to serve or to. <laughs> I, I keep saying serve because that's the the number one thing that keeps coming up. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I can't say I, when three o'clock comes around, I'm stuck without much to do. I think there's always plenty plenty to find uh, if I'm if I'm looking for it and if I'm open to, yeah. especially when you're in your when especially when you're a husband, father, wife, totally. you know, mom, whatever, totally. Yeah, I feel like I run out of God juice before I run out of things to do on my to-do list sometimes. Yeah, I, I for sure remember, forget often who, who's in charge and uh, of all this and where I'm supposed to be deriving my strength from. Mm. And uh, I, the reason I know I forget that often is because God and my wife uh, remind me continuously. <laughs> um, and and uh, I think if you, if, you, if you go too long without remembering that, God will, uh, will, will either take something away from you or put something in your path uh, and get you at the edge of the Red Sea, because that's yeah. where he wants you. Yeah. I mean, your whole family now has given given everything for the Chosen. I mean, they, from what you're telling me, everybody moved. All the kids came, and your wife, and y'all left your friends. And uh, what's it like yeah. now in Dallas, or in, Den- I, I don't know where you are in Texas. I don't want to tell your address, but what's it, what's yeah. it like now <laughs> in Texas? What was it like to make that decision to give up your life for this? It really is um, one of those kind of bittersweet things because my kids um, do appreciate and I share with them frequently for this very purpose, mm-hmm. the impact uh, that's, that, that the show is having. Um, yeah. when, when we hear from someone who says, 
my family has changed because of the show, or I'm, I, I'm the bitterness that I had towards my faith or towards the church or towards God, right. um, or the just the separation I had from Jesus for years, or the abuse that I faced right. um, that that hardened me or that broke me um, from watching your show and seeing mm-hmm. the characters in this show be redeemed and to know that I can experience the same thing every day that happens. And I share that with my family every day because I want them to participate in the that, the rewards of, of the sacrifices that we're making. So on that hand, on that side, they do appreciate it. Sure. And it does mean something to them. But then they will say some, they will sometimes say things like, oh, the chosen sucks sometimes. Yeah. You know, like there are, there are times when it's like, yeah, I miss my friends right now, or yeah. um, I'm going to I'm going to uh, you know this new school, and I don't know anybody yet, and it's because of the chosen. Yeah. Um, but here's the good thing about it: the, the reason that that is part of it, but not the whole thing, is because they saw three and a half years ago when the movie that I made bombed at the box office, mm-hmm. and I didn't know if I was going to make another movie again. Right. And they saw when I left my job, um, and we t- because we knew we were supposed to, but we didn't know that the future held. And there was six months where we didn't have income or benefits, wow. but we were part of a Christian health share plan. And at that moment, when I left my job and benefits, literally in the next five months, we had more health crises and health expenditures than uh-huh. we'd had in twenty years combined previously. Oh my gosh! And I gathered and I gathered my family at that time, and I said, "We genuinely believe." that God put us in this place. And so we're going to watch and see what God does to, to, to redeem this, to, to, mm-hmm. to, to, again, we, we didn't call it at the time a Red Sea moment, but we were like, we believe this in, in everything in us. We don't know what the future holds, but we really do believe that God's going to do something mm-hmm. because we believe he put us here. Mm-hmm. And so instead of trying to hide that from my kids, yeah. which I, which sometimes I think is a good thing to do. Sometimes your kids shouldn't be part of your financial crises and shouldn't bear the same stresses and weights that you and your spouse, or if you're single, you do. But um, in this case, we just really felt like they, no, they should know what we're going through right. because we believe genuinely that God is doing this for a purpose. So when they saw what God really did. Mm-hmm. And through that, you know, the, the, not, not, this isn't a commercial for Samaritan ministries, but it was oh, the, yeah. the, uh, the health Christian health share plan that we were part of. That was a, that was a symbol for what God was doing in, in not only with our wow. health, but with, um, with my career. And so when the chosen started to develop slowly and they saw the pain that we went through and they saw me working, you know, 18 hours a day and they saw the sacrifices that we were making, but when they started to see the, that turnaround and they started to see the results of that, it really was for my kids a, okay, we've been here before. Yeah. And yes, this is difficult, but the promises that God makes in when we truly do surrender to him, um, you know, we've seen them over and over and over. We've seen the Red Sea part over and over again that we believe that when it comes to showing up to school here in the fall, mm-hmm. when we don't know anybody, that that will be better than we expect because yeah. other things have been as well. That, that, I don't know if that makes sense. Or yes. Not, but that's, I mean, it's that make, a that does make it easier. job you're, you're modeling so beautifully discipling your children in faith and in believing mm-hmm. that God is who he says he is. I think that sounds amazing how y'all have invited them in when you didn't know where the story was going. Yeah. And, and, and not everyone's story is the same and not everyone's career failure leads to something like 
you know, the chosen, the chosen yeah. um, you know, but I was, I was sharing this principle and I was, I was speaking to people and I was doing interviews after the, my, my movie failed. And I was like, before the chosen even was launched because that lesson that God taught me in that failure, um, you know, I had, I had someone reach out to me in the middle of my pain and say, remember, it's not your job to feed the 5,000. It's only your job to provide the loaves and fish. And that, and and that person who was on the other side of the world, when they, you know, texted me at four o'clock in the morning, someone I'd never met and God had really laid it on their heart to tell me that, that principle changed. And I said, okay, all right, I will only now, from now on, I will only concentrate on making the best five loaves and two fish that I can make, as cheesy as that sounds. I'm going to only focus on that. And I'm going to give those to God. And if he deems them worthy of acceptance, then the transition, then the transaction is over. And whether he feeds the 5,000 with it or not is not up to me. And that principle applies to your career. It applies to your family. It applies to whether you're moving. If you if you really can get to that place where you are genuinely focused on the day-to-day and serving the Lord in whatever way he asks you to serve and making sure that you're not focused on the results, the results may be different for some people than they are for others. And for in, in my case, uh, obviously, the chosen has proven to be and, and has, has had significant success, quote unquote, for whatever that means. But the, the principle applied a year before the chosen even existed. Yeah. I was just, yeah. we, I'm just like, all right, from me, from now on, my family and I, we are going to be on the loaves and fishes plan, the manna program, whatever you want to call it, all these <laughs> phrases that sound like, uh, you know, like they sound like bumper stickers. But, <laughs> but when you truly do apply them, they become superpowers because you go, you know, I really don't care whether or not this uh, is in successful in the world's eyes. I'm yeah. just going to grind through it and make sure that I'm, my, my, I'm, I'm looking up when I'm doing it. Yeah, man, we need that reminder that because so many of us are, my friends listening to me are, are we don't have the chosen part of the story yet, right? So there's so many of us that are yeah. in the failure part or in the starting part or in the exciting part, and. And it's scary to invite people in because you don't want people to see things not go well. But it's also the only time you see the Red Sea part is if you're standing at the edge of it. Yeah. And inviting people to that place. And I mean, that's one of the things that's so great about your podcast, honestly, is and and, and a lot of the things that you say is you do invite people into your process. And uh, what I think we we suffer from a lot, especially Christians, um, uh, because we're trying so hard to, to, to communicate joy and we're trying so hard to communicate peace and understanding and, 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 uh, great things that, uh, we don't want to air the dirty laundry because that might turn people away. And, uh, I, I think the opposite is actually true. I think that, and I think that's n- not to bring this to the show, but I think that's one of the things that yeah. resonates with people about the show yes. is we do show you the before we do. If you watch season one, especially, and now that you watch season two, even that they're following Jesus, we show, yeah, yeah this ain't always fun. Uh, this ain't always going to be easy. And in fact, it's, oftentimes extremely painful. Yeah. And the, the key is to, to differentiate between joy and happiness because happiness is something that comes and goes and some, can sometimes be based on, in my case, whether the Cubs win or lose. But, <laughs> jo- but joy is one of those things that, for me, the, one of the most joyous moments of my life was in the six months after my movie failed and I didn't know if wow. I was ever going to make another movie again. Wow. And it's out of that that I did a short film for my church's Christmas Eve service, uh, which felt like a big step down from a big Hollywood movie that I had done. Um, I'm shooting a 
Christmas, you know, Birth of Christ short film on my friend's farm 20 minutes from my house in Illinois for my church's Christmas Eve service. And that short film is what ultimately led to the crowdfunding of season one and and birthed the entire, you know, chosen project. And I think uh, that's... But 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 my my joy and my perspective has not changed one iota. Uh, if, if if anything, it's been proven yeah. um, f- since that moment when I was on my friend's farm, going, oh, man, this little thing I'm doing for my church doesn't feel as big as uh, the Hollywood movie I was doing, yeah. and yet I'm more joyous and have more peace than I ever did. Man, that's incredible. That is such a gift too, because as we watch the chosen, knowing these things going on in the background in your life actually make all the Jesus parts feel more beautiful. Because you're like, man, all the people who are behind this are having to live this before they can even make this episode. Oh, that's such a great yeah, that's a great point. Because I, and here's what's funny about it, Annie is uh, this my story is actually quite similar to a lot of the actors. Really? Like, and this is, I'm not, I'm not telling tales out of school. I mean, a lot of these actors have said this in public, Yeah. but like Liz Tabish, who plays Mary Magdalene, um, has t- said multiple times that she had just like two weeks before she got the script for The Chosen, told her agent, don't submit me anymore. I'm giving up in the business. Wow. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, she was at a extreme low point. She was struggling with depression. And, uh, and then her agent, when she, when her agent saw the script for the chosen was like, ah, sorry, I got to give this to her. And was like, I don't want to give it, I I don't read it, you know? And then, you know, fell apart reading it on, you know, on her bed, uh, reading that first script. Um, Paris Patel, who plays Matthew, has said the same thing. He was like, I was in a, I was in a struggle in my career. I didn't know where I was going next. I didn't, I mean, we have so, the chosen is this collection of so many people more than anyone, myself, myself, you know, me more than anyone of people who are like, we don't know if we have another uh, if we have another project to, to do in this business. We don't know where our future is. We're literally just kind of like broken, surrendered hands out. And so many people have the same story and have come together on this show. And I do think that there there's something to that. I do yeah. think that it's I, th- I think there's something to the, like when you watch the show. I think there's an authenticity that comes from that place. Yeah. That that I think isn't being faked. Yeah. And um, I think that's part of it. I do. One of our friends from our AFD Week in Review email that submitted a question for you. I love this question, and you kind of walked me right into it. Jen asked if you, if there is a disciple you are growing to identify the most with as you are making the show. Yeah. So this is one question that I've been asked many times. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, not, not, not to dismiss the question at all. It's a great question. Um, and I, I mean this genuinely. First of all, it's hard to say because I, they're all my children. Yeah, many, yeah, yeah, I feel like that in many ways. Uh, my co-writers and I, it's it's it'd be like choosing which of your you know. Kids You're like Annie. I'm the most like most. Jesus. It's not a disciple. It's yeah, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. When you watch Jesus and the Chosen, you're looking at Dallas Jenkins. You know, this is what my wife experiences. Is what my kids experience. I'm just like Jesus. Yes. No. But the. uh, But even when you have kids, you there. Sometimes you, when you look at a certain kid, you go, "Oh, yeah, that's that's me. I can see my DNA in that kid more than almost any other kids." But but here's the second point that I think is true: is the Chosen does actually reflect a lot of the DNA of myself and, and my co-writers and, 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 and those of us who are creating the show in the sense of, I would say that each of the characters is rooted in some sort of experience that we've had. Mm. I, mean, I mean, you look at, for example, like Simon and, and his wife, Eden. Now, Eden isn't a, a character who you see in the Bible accounts, yeah. but we know that Simon was married because it mentions his mother-in-law. Yeah. And so 
a lot of those scenes in season one where you're seeing them at home, some of their marital conflict and 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 some of the victories that they had are are rooted a lot in what my wife and I have experienced. Yeah. Um, and Mary Magdalene, um, you know, I, I've of course never been demon possessed, but her vices um, that she was experiencing as a result of that, especially her alcoholism and her struggles uh, that that relapse that come back in season two, that was in some, for some people controversial when we show Mary Magdalene kind of relapsing in some of her struggles. Yeah. Well, you know, we did a, we did an interview after episode uh, six when we, where uh, my co-writer Ryan Swanson, who uh, publicly has, has acknowledged this, again, I'm not telling tales out of school. I mean, he's 10 years sober. He was a a for two years, a devastated alcoholic. I mean, wow. we're to where every morning he would wake up, you know, just dry heave just to create room for more alcohol. Wow. Um, it was a, it was a, and, and, and so that has, some of that spoke into the story of Mary Magdalene in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, my own struggles that I've had that I haven't denied um, from, you know, several years ago were my own struggles with pornography uh, have, have been, you know, have, have been, I wouldn't say directly influenced into the show, of course, but like anytime we show some of the, the, the disciples who are following Jesus, yeah. who are, you would think, you know, lifelong believers um, like myself uh, should be at the top of their game, should have things running pretty smoothly. We show them struggling. We show mm-hmm. them that that not not everything works out. They have vices. They have addictions. They have all of that. Maybe isn't directly mm-hmm. tied to the specific sin struggle that I've had or that my co-writer has had. But those influences come into all of it. Um, so all of the answer to your, again, I'm so sorry. I keep giving these really long answers to your You're questions. You're doing but so great. This think, is exactly what I want to do, Dallas. I'm having a great oh, time. Well, oh, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. But uh, yeah, the, the I'd say all of the characters have yeah. bits and pieces of all of us. Yeah. Um, and and then uh, and and each other. So um, hopefully we're 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 finding or we're, we're founding each of these people in what we know of them from scripture. That's kind of our first place that we start with. But of course, because there's so little in scripture for, for so many of the people um, that we're portraying, uh, the only choice we have is to be as human and as real and as authentic as we can be. And the only experiences we can draw from, from are our own. So yeah. uh, I think that's what's gonna have to be part of the, the show uh, moving forward as well. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about another one of our amazing partners, Ritual. We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we consume every day. That's one of the many reasons I love my Ritual multivitamins. Even though we're very careful with the word should around here, this is one time I'm okay using it. A multivitamin should contain key nutrients and forms your body can actually use to help fill gaps in our diets, but they shouldn't have unnecessary extras, right? Ritual's delayed release capsule design delivers high quality nutrients, including vitamin D3 and just two daily pills. I've been taking Ritual vitamins daily for a year now, and I love knowing what nutrients I'm getting and where they come from. Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support different life stages, and they're now available for women, men, and teens. They deliver straight to your door every month, and shipping is always free. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. Get key nutrients without any of the stuff you don't need. Ritual is offering my friends 10% off during your first three months. Just visit ritual.com slash that sounds fun to start your ritual today. And now back to my conversation with Dallas Jenkins.
Simon is also my favorite, by the way, because he he's always been my favorite disciple. And the guy who plays him plays him exactly the way I believe right. being friends with Peter would be. And so you get I, yeah. I just I love him. you get. Yeah. Simon represents, I think, I think everyone needs to identify with some part of Simon yeah. um, because <laughs> but S- Simon represents like, he's the guy who will lead the charge. He will fight the battle. He will be the most loyal, the most passionate. He will love the best, but he also, while he's doing it, will knock over vases in the end. Yeah, that's right. And you're like, damn it, right. Simon, Simon, chill out. <laughs> like, and he's like, I'm just trying to save the world. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I just, love him. But you, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. why I love him. So yeah, si- yeah. Yeah, no, I love I love Simon too. Um, but my, and my wife is the one who I think she she, she would say uh, if you asked her who do you identify with most, she'd be like I think Simon because yeah. <laughs> she's she loves uh, passionately. Uh, but with 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 passionate loving also comes occasional uh, things get knocked over. With the way that people ha- love the chosen so far, do you see? Like way down in the future, do you think about doing Old Testament? Do you think about doing the book of Acts? Are you going to keep going with Simon and and introduce Paul? And I mean, which way does this go? Does this go backwards or forwards? Uh, Yes. Yeah, Um, good answer. That's what I want to hear, Dallas. (laughs) Um, well, if, if you've seen season one, I mean, we actually, and, and bits of season two have this too, where we actually will open an episode sometime, sometimes with a, an Old Testament scene. Mm-hmm. So uh, you'll see, you know, we, we've introduced Moses, we've introduced yeah. Jacob, we've introduced David, because we believe that that's actually one of the cool things about the Bible and these stories yeah. is how Jesus kind of continues this through line of the story yeah. and is the answer to some of the, the the issues that Moses and David and Jacob and others were facing. So that will continue to be a part of The Chosen where we'll do these flashbacks occasionally. We were doing seven seasons of of the gospel, you know, of the, of the Jesus and his followers story. Um, so that's what The Chosen is, is uh, and and we, we've said this publicly, you know, season six will cover the crucifixion. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, Jesus does get crucified. And season seven will will show the, the, the fun stuff that comes after that. Yeah. That will be the end of the show. Then I will take a nap for about a year. Thank you. Please and do. Then, yes. And then, um, you know, if if I believe that, that you know, that there's, a, there's reason to do the book of Acts and, and to do more and that the fans really want it and God really uh, seems to be calling my family and I to... To, to go into that again, yeah. uh, I will. I, I would absolutely love to. If the rest of my life I don't do career-wise more than tell Jesus stories, um, that would be great. So knowing that it has seven seasons, I've never written a book or done an. I've never done a creative venture that I knew was a multi-part thing that was going to end. So is it different mm. than when you do what, like when you did your, your one movies, your one-offs, is it different knowing this is that long, but it does have an end? I'm not even sure I'm asking that question well, but I kind of want to know the, the spiritual practice and the, the emotional practice of this is a long thing that will at some point end. Yeah. Annie's dad, your daughter just asked another good question. So <laughs> just, you know. Uh, no, I, and it's a question I haven't been asked before, so that's great. So the, the for sure, the multi-part, this is going to be seven seasons part is massively different than, than what I've done before. It's right. because you really do have so much time to develop storylines and arcs and backstories and context and 
left turns and right turns that you don't have time for in a movie. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at all the Jesus movies and miniseries that have ever been made, and I've seen pretty much all of them, um, some are great, some aren't, uh, some are meaningful, some are less so, but all of them do suffer from, I believe, this miracle to miracle, Bible verse to Bible verse approach that where you can't get as much impact because mm. especially when you're seeing it through Jesus's eyes. Right. So he goes and he heals the blind man and then he goes and he heals the woman who's been bleeding for a long time. And then he goes and, um, you know, heals the cripple and you don't know anything about their before. You don't know anything about their context. You don't, you don't identify with them on any level. You're just seeing these different stories because the Bible wasn't intended. I mean, the gospels weren't intended to be written as a TV show. It was essentially a greatest hits of, you know, to show that Jesus was the son of God. Yeah. So having the time to really develop Simon and Mary Magdalene and Nicodemus yeah. and even some of our supporting characters and the Pharisees and all yeah. of the people who oppose Jesus, having that time is a huge, huge gift mm-hmm. and a huge opportunity um, to develop things in, in a way that we can't do in a movie. Now, th- that goes to then your part about ha- knowing that it's going to end. Yeah. That then, that's where the structure and the discipline comes into it. Right. Because I do think, and I, I'm sure you would agree with this, there have there are shows that you have watched in the past that you really loved that clearly didn't have an end point in mind. Yes. And they started to wander. And, 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 and then it wasn't until they got a deadline, like, all right, we're only doing two more seasons, um, where the, the discipline came back and right. they go, okay, now yeah. we actually have to close off these story points. You know, one of my favorite shows ever was Lost. And I think that, that I've, I've read books by some of the writers who said, yeah, there was a time when we were, we didn't know the end and the, the studio wanted us to go forever. And we were struggling to figure out how to solve some of these problems uh, with an unlimited. And then they were the ones who said, we need an ending. We need yeah. to know when this is going to end. Yeah. And the same thing with Breaking Bad, which is one of the great shows of all time. Um, same thing. Vince Gilligan, the writer, correct, uh, you know, creator, was like, "We need uh, an endpoint." So it is a gift, but it, it's it's a gift in the sense that it provides you the discipline to not go too far off. And so my co-writers and I have mapped out on a on a large scale oh where the show is going. We know what season six is going to look like. We know what season seven is going to look like. And there, because of that, we know what we need to do in the seasons leading up yeah. to it to make sure that those moments are earned. That we are you know, making sure you love these people deeply. And and so far it seems to be working because right now people who watch the show say, every time I think about what's coming, now that I know these people, yeah. now that I've seen, and, you know, now that I've seen Jesus dance with his friends at a wedding <laughs> and tell a joke and spend time and like thinking of what what's to come, oh my gosh, I can't even deal with it. I don't, it's like, it's going to be so devastating. And I'm like, awesome. You know, because <laughs> you're a monster, uh, Dallas. <laughs> yeah, yes. But so season six, I'm not even going to hide it, is going to be the whole season is going to be the crucifixion brutal. is going to be brutal. <laughs> absolutely cow. brutal. Um, again, to be clear, it's not going to be, you know, eight episodes of, of sure. uh, violence porn or anything sure. like that. But I'm just saying it's going to be a emotionally mm-hmm. uh, exhausting and painful mm-hmm. because I think it should be. And I think we owe that to the story and to Jesus. But that's also what's going to make season seven so beautiful and glorious and joyful and everything that, you know, yeah. goes into what why, why we're doing the show in the first place. Yeah. This is a weird question, but I would just like to ask, what do you think Jesus thinks? Oh, man. All right. You, I again, great question. <laughs> um, your dad should be very proud. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really, really... Um, scary and beautiful question. Yeah. And, and, uh, and here's, here's why 
Um, before this show launched, I hope I don't get too emotional telling this story. Um, but before this show launched, um, I was in Magdala, which is uh, yeah. Mary Magdalene's birthplace, and I was standing in a synagogue that they in, that they I've uncovered only twenty. Yeah, it's like twenty years old. I mean, I mean, the, 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 they only knew about it twenty yes. years. The, the synagogue itself is thousands of years old, and that was when I had my first. Israel, God feeling, you know, like I'm, I'm standing in the place where Jesus stood moment. Yes, and I too. felt the true weight of it. Um, it was a truly beautiful experience. And my co-writers who went to Israel a year later, independent of me, didn't know that I'd had this experience, had a very similar experience that, than I did, which was like a truly, like, I don't, I don't, I haven't had these experiences too often in my life, but one of those where it's like, God is here and is saying something and I know it as as clear as if there was a megaphone from heaven, you know. And I was standing there in Magdala, in the synagogue, and I was thinking about Mary Magdalene, and I was thinking about her story, and I was thinking about the fact that she's been portrayed and written about in many ways over the course of history that aren't act- accurate. Yeah. You know, she's been portrayed as a prostitute, which there's no indication that that's true, For to, just to use that as an example. And we know that in, in the Gospels, when she's introduced, it's said that she had seven demons, you know, cast out of her. Mm-hmm. And we were going to be portraying what her life looked like before she encountered Jesus. And we're going to be doing that for multiple disciples. And that was really scary because those people existed and they were human beings and their stories in many ways were going to be told in, in a way that they've never been told before. That was my intention. And I felt God laying strongly on my heart in five years or in, I don't I think, I don't I shouldn't, I take that back because he didn't give any number. Sure. It was like in a few years, when people think of the followers of Jesus, your show is going to be what comes to their mind. Yes, it's true. Because th- there's never been, um, like, I, even, even as someone who's watched multiple Jesus yeah. projects in my life, I didn't have a picture in my mind of who these followers were. Yeah. And whenever I read the Gospels, it was always, like, t- kind of these faceless people. And I got this impression that, like, this show is, in several years, going to be what people think of when they yeah. picture my followers, and I'm not going to let you screw it up. Mm. And it was at the same time, it was at the same time, the most scary, uh, but also the most comforting and beautiful moment that I've uh, faced in one of the most beautiful and, and, and scary moments at the same time, because I, I, I genuinely believed that Look, I'm not, the, my show isn't the Bible. You know, I'm not claiming that I'm inspired by God like the Bible is. I'm not claiming my show on any level is God's word. It is not. It is a TV show. The Bible is God's word. Yeah. But I do believe that that God has something to say. Yeah. And I'm doing my best to shepherd that and point people to um, back to the Bible and point people to who Jesus is. Um, as authentically as I possibly can, warts and all, and 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 struggles and all, and and in the hands of someone in my, like myself who is a flawed and perfect person. So I don't know what Jesus thinks of everything that I'm doing, um, but I do believe that because I am every day constantly broken by the fact that I want Him to be happy with it, I know. that that He's happy with that. Yes. You know what yes, I mean? Like he, I think he's happy with that. And I don't, I, I can't promise that he'll be happy with season three. I can't promise it. I don't know because, but I know that he'll be happy if I'm giving him my 
my heart in it through, at every stage. And, and then what happens with it, I can't uh, predict. So I, 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 can't, I don't know because I, I but, but I, I do believe he's happy with, what, with, with the way we're doing it. Yes. You know, and I think he's, and I know he's happy with the millions of people mm-hmm. who tell us explicitly, I love Jesus now more than I ever have. Yes. And I'm reading the Bible now more than I ever have. And I'm back in church when I wasn't before. Um, and I know he's happy with that. Yeah. So, loaves and fishes. Yeah. Loves he's happy fishes. with the loaves and fishes that yeah. I'm giving. Yes. I believe that. I believe it too, Dallas. I, I wanted you to answer because I wanted you to answer. And I also wanted you to answer because I want to answer for you and say, you, mm. you are doing gospel work that matters. There's no way, mm. there's no way he's not loving it. So <laughs> I am, well, I I am so. sure of that. I just think, I mean, I'm teary saying it to you. I just think mm. it, is, it is a gift at, at the right time. It, 10 years ago, it wouldn't have been what it is. 10 years from now, it wouldn't have been what it is. We needed, yeah. we needed the chosen right now. So one when our friends listening watch The Chosen or when they follow you on Instagram, when they see you, how can we pray for you and your family? What, what do you need some people to lift y'all up in as you're doing this work for us? Oh, thank you. Um, well, from, from a family perspective, um, this is, I'm not complaining, I'm not whining. Sure. It's a gift of a lifetime to be stewarded, to be given the opportunity to steward this project. But it's really, really hard. It's it's really hard, and it's it's hard on my family. And to to now it it gets harder by the by the year because um, both both physically and emotionally because the more people who are telling you, you know, that this season changed my life, or I was impacted by it, or my relationship with God is 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 stronger because of the show, and all, then well, when season three coming out, you know, is their next question, right? And, um, and you're like, that's that's just emotionally weighty. Because when people come into our fold, uh, I'm not a pastor, but when people come in kind of the chosen fold and they come into our fan club or they come into my text threads or they or they read our devotional books that my wife is, uh, and her writing partner have written and our Bible studies and all that, um, and they're saying, like, I'm new to this, or where do I go next? Or now that I love the show, what's next? How do I know Jesus more, better? We really feel the weight of that and want to do that right and want to yeah. shepherd that properly, you know? So th- there's there's that piece of it. I I, I do ask for prayer that, that I and my wife and, and my kids, um, but let's just start with my wife and me, never, ever lose what I'm describing to you in, in, in most of our conversation, which is this place of surrender and brokenness. Yeah. I never want to care about the the success of the show or the impact of the show or what's next or how many seasons we're going to do. I never, ever want to care about that more than I do about making sure that God has my heart. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I think the moment that I start to Anything can happen. He could, God, God could take this all away in, in a heartbeat, and 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 he wouldn't. He doesn't need me for it. So I, I just want to maintain that posture, and I, I just that's what that's what we ask for for prayer for. And I think then just from a strictly um, from the show's perspective, we do we do tell people like pray that that um, you know the, the cast and crew you know, have an opportunity to keep doing this, you know, yeah. pray, whether it's from the COVID of it all, from the, the weather of it all. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we have so many moments when we're filming where th- there's no guarantee that we're going to make the, the, the end of the day work. You know, we've had so many moments where I have been like, oh my gosh, are we even going to be able to f- afford to do this scene? I mean, wow. you know, season three, honestly, I mean, as, as I talk to you right now, season three isn't funded yet. Wow. So, 
you know, we, we rely solely on because the show's free. The yeah. show is completely free and we don't require even an email address right. you know, to, for you right. to watch the show. And sometimes our, our, uh, you know, our marketing team, our, our, our financial team, all that is like, can you at least ask people for their email address so that we can communicate with them? Help us, you know? help us. And we're just like, you know what? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And we're like, you know what? We just, we're going to keep it free and we're never going to require anything of you. But on that note, if we are going to do future episodes and seasons, if we are going to market this to the rest of the world, if we are going to get it in every country, and if we are going to translate it in hundreds of languages right mm-hmm. now, season one is in, I think, 50 or 60, we have, if, if this if this is going to keep going, it does require people to step up, uh, whether it's through prayer or whether it's financially or whatever. And um, if God wills it, we would love to keep going. Yeah. And so I think just prayer for the, for the for kind of the logistical nature of, of doing this show, we always need prayer for that. Yeah. And we can watch it by downloading the Chosen app, correct? That's the best way to do it? Yeah, that's the best way. There are other ways to watch season one. Um, Season one, we made available in as many outlets as possible. So there's multiple streaming platforms where you're able to see season one just because we thought, look, let's just get season one out there. And hopefully if people love the show, they'll want to keep watching it and they'll come to our app. Uh, The app is totally free. So you go to wherever you get your phone apps, you know, Apple, Android, whatever, uh, you download it to your phone. If you think, I don't want to watch a Jesus show on my phone, don't worry, neither do I. But our uh, Angel Studio st- uh, distribution partners invented technology that allows That's you right. to cast it directly to your streaming device. Yes. So you can watch it on Roku, Apple TV, Fire Stick, Chromecast, all of those uh, e- free and easy from your phone. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to do anything. It's totally free and easy. Yeah. Uh, I promise you it's much, and if you're scared of technology, I promise you it's much easier than you think. And it is uh, so in the worst easy. case scenario, you can always, you can always get the DVDs if you want, which are also in our, in the app and on our store and all oh, that. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Chosen app, free and easy. Yeah. That's the way that's to do awesome. it. Um, Dallas, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to make sure we cover? I mean, you're welcome back anytime, so we don't have to get it all, but is there anything you want to make sure we get on our first episode? I am well. Hey, look! If you if you're promising when I get to come back, I I will take you up on that. But yes. uh, no, we are. I am on your home turf. We'll talk. We talk about whatever <laughs> you want to talk about. So uh, if 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 you're good, I'm good. So the last question we always ask, Dallas, is because the show is called "That Sounds Fun." Tell me what sounds fun to you. Um, going to movies again oh, uh, sounds fun too. to me, uh, and that's one of the cool things about moving to Texas. I know everyone has different perspectives on the COVID sure. of it all, um, and I'm not, uh, you know, everyone. I, I believe in everyone should do what they need to do. Yeah. But uh, for for me, for our family, we love going to movies and being able to go back to movies. Uh, I'm I'm just I, I love more than anything else dinner and a movie. That's like yeah. my favorite thing in the world is being able to sit around and have the food brought to you. Yeah, I was about to say, do you like the theaters and, uh, where they bring the food right to you? Well, that that that's a, yeah, when you can do it at the same time, that's oh. even better. But I'm saying even whether they do that or not, doing dinner and then going to a movie uh, with my wife or and or with my family yeah. is uh, my favorite thing in the world. Uh, um, I am, my group of friends and I are movie people. Like we love going to movies. Yeah. So having that coming back and come back has been a real gift. Dallas, speaking of, you have been such a gift today. Thank you for coming and talk to us about The Chosen. There are so many people that want to talk to you. Really, it's such an honor. Thank you for doing this. Uh, It means a lot to to be on with you. Thank you. Oh, you guys, isn't he awesome? Man, what a great story. And if you haven't seen that he got to meet the Pope, you've got to go back and look at his Instagram. Make sure you're following him. 
Tell him thanks for being on the show. And be sure that you're tuning in to The Chosen, which is available to watch for free and easy on The Chosen app, which connects to your streaming device. It's very helpful. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same. Have a great couple of days, and we'll see you back here on Wednesday with Bethany Bernard. See you guys then. Take, take.